Are you going for Tebs in this one? Um, my head says AJ, my heart says Otis, because I think it would make a very nice change with the money in the bank stipulation for Otis to win it and everyone's saying, when's he going to come and cash in for the Universal title? And he comes running down and cashes in on Ms. Morrison. Hello and welcome to Neutral Wrestling. This is your WWE Money in the Bank 2020 review show. Headlines coming out of the show. Oscar, Asker, whatever you want to call her, wins the women's Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre retains the WWE Championship in a great match against Seth Rollins. And I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. They came out of the mouth of the man that I'm joined today in Paul Tebbett. But Otis, yes, Otis won the men's money in the bank. And I will now hand you over to, I'd like to call him Dave Meltzer. Fuck Dave Meltzer. It's Paul Meltzer, who with his inside information, called the winner of the men's money in the bank. You must be the only person, Tebbs, who thought Otis had a chance. What a glorious day this is. What an absolute fantastic day this is. Yeah, look, it was, obviously, it wasn't any insider information. It was just the fact, you know, every so often I like to think, this is what I want to happen. I want them to take risks. I want them to try something new, throw something different out. And I have never enjoyed a pay-per-view so much uh, in the last couple of years. I'll be honest. I I loved it. Really? You yeah. Thought it was, you thought it was a great pay-per-view? The one we've had this discussion before, where you say, and I've seen it on Twitter as well. Does a you know does a main event make a pay per view? You know, does it does it all ride on that main event? If the main event fails, does the whole pay per view fail? And you know what? Until that Money in the Bank match, I was thinking it's just standard. This could be backlash or whatever. It's just another set of matches, uh, and that that match, that Money in the Bank match, um, made me think. You know what? As a show, as a show as a whole, looking back on it, it was. It was smooth, it was swift, it was tight, there was no baggage on it. It, it, it was a cracking show, bar a couple of missteps, I'll be honest. Um, but that ending more than made up for it. I've, I've never popped so loudly in my house, just sat watching the wrestling on my own in my life. Great, I loved it. See, I, I feel like I wanted to be like everyone else. He was like, oh, that was great. But... I don't know, I feel like everyone else feels about it, how I felt about Undertaker AJ Styles. Like... I don't know. I feel like I expected more. I think because the main event started at, what, 10 to 2 our time. Yeah. So an hour and 50 minutes into it, I was thinking, right, we're going to get maybe 45 minutes of this, which some people might think, oh, it might go like Edge and Randy Orton did a bit too far. But I was thinking, oh, we're going to get some great moments inside the WWHQ. And I think I messaged you. And I just felt like when Nia Jax was on the roof... She was the first person, I think, to enter the roof. And it was like, yeah. oh, she's on the roof already. I was hoping, I was wanting more inside the head. I wasn't ready for them to take the match onto the roof as early as they did. I was hoping still for a little bit more. Um, the Vince McMahon cameo, I maybe in my own head had built that up to be a little bit more. But I really enjoyed it, right, up until that Night of Jack's point. And for me, right. we only got about... Three, maybe four, five minutes tops of action on top of the roof. Whereas I, in my head, I thought we were, maybe we'll get 25 minutes in the building 
and then we might actually get a match on top yeah. of the roof where it was just a couple of minutes. And like when Otis was winning it, I was like, no, I don't want you to catch it. I, I <laughs> want an actual match. I'm not ready for this show to end just yet. So I think for me, it was, it was good. I was enjoying it. And then it just didn't quite have the end of me. And I'll be honest with you, I prefer, I don't like Oscar winning. I don't know what your thoughts on Oscar winning Money in the Bank, um, but for me, it was. I, 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 what were your thoughts on it? All right, so we'll start with the first bit. Getting to the roof quickly, yeah. For me, they got there too quickly. Um, does you know one may say that you know they didn't give you enough. The other side of that may be saying, look, they got to the roof too quickly because I was enjoying what I was watching so much. I wanted more of it. Um, you know, and if they've left you wanting more, then okay, I think they've done a good job there. But you know, I would like to see more. Would I want to see more? You know, just punching each other down a corridor and in an office? No, and that's what I think Edge and Randy Orton suffered from because there was too much transition going on. Um, I, I got the feeling they'd learnt from that. They were just showing us the all the spots. They were showing us the big moments, put them all together, get them to the roof. Yet, on hindsight, I would have liked them to then go and have a nice little, you know, five, ten minute match on the roof. It was surprising that some of the people didn't get there. You said Nia Jax got there very quickly. Um, Oscar of all the people, Sebs, Nia Jax got there first. We said this yeah. last week, if you remember, where it was like, Nia Jax should be the long odds person for this match. And she, as soon as she got there, the first person I thought of was you. Because I thought, me and Tebbs were saying, why does Byron keep saying that Nia Jax yeah. is the favourite for this? Yeah. I, I, again, if they'd have shown a little shot of Nia actually being clever and sort of sending everybody down one corridor when she notices there's a fire escape to the root, you know what I mean? She uses her brains to get there quickly. But no, she just ended up there, which alright, fair enough, whatever. I mean, if she'd have won it, I'd have been, I'd have been pissed, to be honest. Um, Oscar winning it. You know, on hindsight, I wanted Baszler, and I think we're going to get into um, what they've done with Shayna in, in very shortly. But, um, you know, looking forward, Oscar with that briefcase could be an absolute delight. The the um, the energy that she brings to her promos, the in an in interviews, the um, the chaos that she seems to be. It's organised chaos when she's in the ring. She's just a, this force of nature. And you imagine the, the, the fun that we're going to see, hopefully, with her and this briefcase. You know, suddenly her music plays and her and Carrie Sane laughing because Becky Lynch was on a guard or something. I don't know. There's a lot to play with. And I think it's a much better choice than Nia Jax or Dana Brooke. No disrespect to Dana, but she, again, she got made to look like an absolute mug. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, the women's match was the sort of the warm-up for the men's, and it shouldn't have been. It should have been all at once, but um, it, it could have been worse. That's what I'm saying, and that's why I enjoyed it, because they just uh, what they did do, they did well, and I appreciate that. See, um, so we'll start. We've started talking about a lot of matches, so we'll talk about all our thoughts on the ladder matches and then get into the rest of the card. But so, like I was saying, it was like... So the, the going through the building, I was hoping to, I liked my favourite parts of it were like a throwback to the Undertaker AJ Styles thing, yeah? I was looking for a few more throwbacks, say, like, I thought it was hilarious when AJ, when Ray wouldn't lift the weights off AJ yeah. and stuff like that. And I was hoping for, for me, it wasn't all going to be about action and punching and all that bollocks. It was going to be about little things like that. And I think the Vince McMahon thing, what I didn't like, right? So we had Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie had to make the women wrestlers look like shit with, oh, Nia Jax, you're drooling on the floor. Um, make sure you tidy this room up, Dana, before you leave. So it was like, do you know what I mean? Steph 
Japanese light above yeah. the women wrestlers. And then we had Vince McMahon in his office where I'm just, I was just sat there. because I, I, I was talking to Neil about this. Maybe I made the mistake of watching a Monday Night Raw from 2001 hmm. before hmm. this show right. with Stone Cold Steve Austin on. So I'm sat there and I'm watching Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, two of the biggest stars in the company at the moment, you'd say, not that that flatters anyone. And they walk into McMahon's office and they're like, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Um, oh, let's put this chair underneath. Oh, let's shine your shoes, Mr. McMahon. And I'm thinking, fuck me. 20 years ago, can you imagine Stone Cold and Triple H, The Rock? Fuck me. Right to censor even. Can you imagine them walking into Vince McMahon's office and being like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Just let, let me um, put my eyebrow back on. Do you know what I mean? Let me do this for you. I was just thinking, you fucking make Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles look beneath Vince McMahon. You make Nia Jax and Dana Brooke look beneath Stephanie. I'm just thinking, fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? No wonder there's no yeah. stars left in this company. Yeah, um, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, and I didn't even click with that until you just put it in that light. And yeah, I absolutely, I can absolutely agree with you. The McMahons have always been about being the authority figures. Even though they don't have an on-screen authority figure, they like to just... Drip, drip it in there every now and then. Keep letting people know that they're the ones in charge behind the scenes, even though they're not on screen. Um, the Stephanie thing uh, took me right out of it because it was so yeah. obvious. Her filming it in the back bedroom, you know, the, the suddenly, you know, the thought of something they could do to include Steph. Steph didn't want to break lockdown, so they filmed it. And it's like, you've got Bruce Pritchard there. You've got, um, who else turned up? Heyman. Uh, Heyman Doink. turned up. Vince was even there. Yeah, A Doink was there. I don't know which one, but A Doink was there. But then to throw Steph in with this horribly edited, horribly cut um, piece where, you know, I mean, Dana Brooke taking that briefcase down, I was just face palming. I, I just thought, I, you know, any professional athlete will know where the finish line is. If she thinks the match is going to finish in a boardroom somewhere, uh, it, it was cringeworthy that bit, I must admit. And it did nothing for anybody involved, including Steph, including the company. But they moved on from it. I think the men got a lot more spotlight than the women, uh, a lot more decent spots. Yes, there was Oscar jumping off the balcony at the beginning. Um, there was, I actually liked one of those balcony jumps where everybody had a reason to be standing round at the bottom <laughs> rather than at ringside where you normally get all these tag teams just huddled together waiting for somebody's suicide dive to catch. But um, the women, like I say, got a lot of this Stephanie McMahon piece. Uh, I like the comedy in it. I did like that. And you know what? I, I think I said at the time, I didn't get the John Cena, Bray Wyatt um, WrestleMania match, the Firefly Funhouse match. I just didn't get it because I'd never watched John Cena's career, Bray Wyatt's career. I, I'd, I'd missed all that bit and I've caught up with it, but I've, I, I was never there. I never lived it. So I couldn't really buy into it. But when I'm seeing, you know, Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard there, and then you've got, you know, all these different things happening, you've got the women together, you've got, I really enjoyed it. It just, for me, it was just, it's just on the right side of cheesy and comical. You know what I mean? It was just the right balance of action and spots. Um, yeah, I, I just enjoyed it. I, I could talk for ages on it. So, I had it that it, it was good, but I expected better. In my head, I was expecting more. I, I, I don't know if they set the bar. Like for me, it was just nowhere near Undertaker AJ. I, in my head, I had an expectation of what it was going to be. And it, it just didn't quite. It was good. It was good, but it wasn't great for me. Take, 
And the graveyard match took itself very seriously, and this didn't. And I think that was the difference. They knew what they were doing with this. With with the graveyard match, they wanted to make a cinematic match, a spectacle, something you will buy into and believe is happening. And for this, I think everybody knows you're not going to have a match in a in an office. Let's just let's just enjoy yourselves and keep it light hard and entertain people at home. And yeah, for me, sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. It's, I, was, I was thinking of something that you were saying last week about you don't want him to... You know, you didn't like that Brock Lesnar won no. the briefcase last year, yeah? So, for me, this year, I sort of feel how you felt last year in terms of, for me, Brock Lesnar is a star, yeah? I don't have a problem with him winning the briefcase, right? Now, for me, I know you loved Otis winning. I wouldn't have minded Otis winning if I thought they were going to push Otis into the main event scene, which isn't going to happen in my, in my opinion. It's not, I, I just not, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he didn't lose the briefcase or as you said last week, tag, cash it in on the tag team um, yeah. titles. Now for me, is it not a waste of them? I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't. Is it not a waste of the money in the bank briefcase, which the reason you didn't like Brock Lesnar winning it last year is because it, for me, the money in the bank is like set a precedent when Edge. Edge was an upper mid-carder and that briefcase cash in catapulted him into the main event scene. Yeah, um, I, I think it. the same happened maybe with a CM Punk. Uh, I can't think who won the second money in the bank. Um, I don't know. I remember Ric Flair stealing the show in that ladder match. Um, but we had Punk win it. We've had like... <sighs> anyway... It's supposed yeah. to catapult an upper mid-carder into the main event scene. Yeah, last year you didn't like it because Brock Lesnar was already a main eventer who no, was no, not no. getting catapulted into the main event scene. So I, I know I, what you were saying with that. Just one, just one second. The one with Brock, A, yes, he was already main event. He didn't need the briefcase. It was just a way to get the title back on him. The main problem I had with Brock winning it was that there was no story behind I get that there was a basic story, but during the, the night, there was sort of, uh, who was it who got taken out? One person got taken out of the match and there were only five of them started. And then right at the end, Brock's music came on and he just walked in and took it. And if they'd have announced at the beginning, Paul Heyman was saying, I've got somebody, I'm going to bring somebody in or uh, I've got Brock. And if he decides to join the match, he will do. You know, they just sprung it on you out of nowhere. That's what I didn't like. That the it, it just felt too... Um, saying ex machina where the story just automatically becomes good just for the sake of being able to move the story forward with no explanation beforehand and that's what brock was it was an ex machina they just threw him in there great let's get brock who cares how he's managed to get in the match let's just have him come in and cause a moment and yeah i thought that devalued it slightly with otis winning um yeah okay so i've heard rumblings that they want to split them up heavy machinery which i think could be uh a disappointment at the moment. A, a lot of people, including myself, have tag team wrestling in WWE is devalued and it, it's not worth anything. The the revolt said on Jericho's podcast the the same thing. Um, the one to elevate tag team wrestling back to where it was. So you may see this as hopefully it's WWE saying we're going to put the spotlight on them tag t- titles. We've just had a a four way elimination match just to show how good, and again we'll come on to that but just to show how good the tag teams are on SmackDown right now, you throw heavy machinery into them four group of tag teams with a money in the bank. And I think it can really put the spotlight on tag team wrestling again, or they can use it if they want to split them up 
why not have Otis go even up to upper mid card? Why not have him cash in on Shinsuke Nakamura? Um, why not, you know, Otis having one eye on the titles, the singles titles, is what puts strain on him and Tucker. I think there's a lot of story to it. There's a, so, and, yeah. Tabs, the Sorry, Intercontinental title is, is worth shit, yeah? Right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah? So him cashing in on that, do you know how unimportant the Intercontinental title is? You think that Nakamura is the champion, and so did I. And then last <laughs> night, they it. actually said Sami Zayn is the Intercontinental <laughs> champion. I was like, is he? Sami Zayn's the Intercontinental oh, title. Roger won like it off Strom, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, there like, you go. So that's yeah. how worthless they are. So for me, if you, oh, I don't want Otis cashing on the Intercontinental title, yeah? The tag team titles, I'm sorry, Tebs, yeah. I know like you like, you want to be positive and say maybe they're going to do something with the tag team titles. I've been sat here for 20 years loving tag team wrestling, thinking, do you know what? Maybe WWE are going to like start improving this tag division. Remember, we had teams like The Bar, The New Day, The Usos. And I was thinking, maybe yeah. they're going to do something with these tag team titles. And then I'm sat there in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. You get The Usos versus The New Day versus The Bludgeon Brothers getting four minutes. And then you get Braun Strowman acting like a nonce and winning the tag team titles with a nine-year-old. That's how much the tag team titles mean. I just feel like, I, if you said to me, Otis is going to, do you know what I mean? He's one of the most, I enjoy watching him. If you're going to say, yeah, well, I, well, fuck it. We'll give him a shot. Let's have him cash in in the main event. I'd be like, right, I don't mind him winning. But I know they're just going to waste it. Like, Ted's during the show. I'm sat watching him. Um, I don't know what I was watching. And during one of the matches, it might have been during... It was during Strowman versus Bray Wyatt and the commentator goes, Braun Strowman, a former Money in the Bank ladder match winner. And I thought, eh? Yeah. Braun Strowman? I thought he's only just won his first title last month. Did he fail yeah. catching? So I picked up my phone during the match and I googled, Braun Strowman wins Money in the Bank. It was 21 months ago, less than two years ago, Braun yeah, Strowman won Money in the Bank. And I was and like... And he said it was the time when he said to uh, Brock he was going to cash in. He wasn't going to do a run in. He said, I'm going to face you. It wasn't Hell in a Cell. It was, I think it was the one before. It was a Saudi show. I'm sure it was a Saudi show. He in a, cashed in. He cashed in. I think I might be. I think I'm right. I feel like cause I was trying to. There was a Hell in a Cell match. And it was like Roman. It was. It was Roman versus Braun at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So he must have cashed in on Roman. If you remember, Brock Lesnar just came out. Halfway through the match, beat both of them down, and the match ended in a no contest. And that was Strowman's yeah. money title shot gone. Because the Shield and um, Baron Corbin and all them were fighting on the outside. But I remember um, a match at the Saudi show, and it was Braun. Ver I'm sure it was Braun versus Brock, and it was where Corbin was still doing the authority piece. And I think he took the briefcase or he took a belt and smashed Strowman before the match. And I thought that's what had ruined his cash in. But yeah, I might be wrong. Anyway, yeah, he had the he had the briefcase. I'm hoping, again, we say all this, like I say all this, every time there's money in the bank or a mania or so, a big a big um, storyline happens like this, and I say, you know what, I really hope this is the moment to do this. And they're not going to. I think we both know this. They're not going to. It's me trying to be very positive. And you know what, I think you've just said there, for the last 20 years, you've hoped tag team wrestling and the tag titles are more prestigious than they are. And if this is them shining a light back on tag team wrestling, Maybe they've learnt from the mistakes of losing the revival. Um, maybe they're thinking we've got to do something to keep the teams we've got. This is obviously a popular part of wrestling that we need to start showing again. 
maybe they're just going to have Otis go and be, be a singles. I don't know. But right at this minute, I'm trying to be positive just because I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> right. And another thing. So why this pissed me off? I'm sat watching it. And I'm thinking, right, don't take it too seriously. Whatever. Do you know what I mean? Take it lightheartedly, right? Why, when Oscar and Baron Corbin are climbing the ladders, why does Oscar not Baron Corbin off the ladder? Why? There's no need for it at all because Oscar could still get a briefcase. It wasn't yeah. like only one of them could get the briefcase. And I feel like it sent the message of, well, why? I was sort of thinking, why is Oscar knocking Baron Corbin off? They can get one briefcase each. What, what's going on here? I was just sat there and just thought that that didn't make any sense at all. Why is she not Baron Corbin off? My my thought of that was, you know, they're both at the top. Maybe she's sort of saying, either get away, this is my moment, because they're both heels. She's saying, get off my ladder, this is my moment, or she's kicking him off, saying you're going to end up toppling the ladder over, so get away. I don't know what it was, but you had the 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 bit with Baszler and Rey Mysterio earlier, so maybe they were just wanting to show a little bit of. Um, you know, mixed intergender wrestling, very, very, very introductory form of it. But maybe they just wanted to show Oscar getting one over the the evil heel. Just maybe this is her first face turn for. I don't know. I did, I couldn't quite get it. But you know, people wanted to see Corbin get put on his ass. People didn't want to see him win, and that's what happened. So, and I've got was... one more thing that yeah. I'm going to criticise. Right. So yeah. oh, the big thing we've been hearing, we knew it. We all knew it was going to happen. Maybe they could get thrown off the building. Right. These two, Alistair Black and who was the other one? Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio get thrown over the top of the building by Baron Corbin. Yeah, right. Yeah. A pretty big moment, you'd like to think, falling off of what, a what ten-story building, right? Pretty big moment, yeah? yeah. So it's like they get thrown over, and I'm thinking, I've seen all these like shots from like helicopters and stuff. Do they actually fall? Do you know what I mean? It's like Bill on a level, and then there's another little level below. And I'm thinking, yeah. are they trying to say they've just thrown them off the little extension where the ring is onto the floor below? Or have they thrown them off the building? But it looks like they're trying to say they've been thrown off the building. Yeah. And then it was just like, right, they've been thrown off the building. Right, carry on. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. this Come should be... I want, I want replays. I want replays. I want... I want Michael Cole acting like he's bothered. I want something not just, oh, they've been thrown off the building. Right, let's move on now to AJ Styles climbing the ladder. And it was just yeah, like, oh, okay. The commentary again was poor. There was, you know, when Otis won the case, Michael Cole was oh. like, oh, and Otis has won it. Okay, well, thanks very much, everybody. Thanks for coming. It's like, yeah, he's obviously... They're the same. You don't play the video games, do you? The commentary is the same. This lifeless, lacking of energy, reading a script. I don't think... Listening to the pre- uh, it wasn't live, was it? No. So listen, and Cole would have obviously done. Cole and whoever it was would have done the commentary over the top of the over the videotape, like they do a match of the day, as opposed to being there at ringside, obviously. And seeing all the well, evidence, live match of the day. Cole, it was what? The, Is the, it live? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I, I thought you. No. Okay, sorry. Um, but. Cole reading a script over pre-recorded footage, it, I just it can't get into it. it. It just always sounds terrible. But that's by the by. Um, getting thrown off the roof. I thought Mysterio was going to get thrown off the roof because if they were going to show it, show a stuntman getting thrown, it's easier to cover his face by putting a lucha mask on him. That's why I thought it was going to be Mysterio getting thrown, just because it's easier to cover up a stuntman. The fact they didn't even show them falling, I think, show leaving the ambiguity about it. 
But again, I think if they had have shown somebody getting thrown 10 stories off the roof, um, there'd be a lot more people asking questions about where these two dead wrestlers are. So uh, it was it was a clever moment. Corbin's got heat again. The two raw talents, again, I don't know. He's just now got this smug smugness of being able to say he got rid of these two. But if it's going to be like... Um, who was it who, uh, like Vince getting blown up in his limo, and then I know it was for the Ben Wabbit, but got, you know, came back the following night. If if this uh, Elias getting thrown off by Corbin off the pedestal in the performance uh, centre in SmackDown a few weeks ago, if you just have this moment where a rest is supposed to be dead and then they just show up next week, uh, it just takes it all away. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. And I've totally forgot Elias showed up. Elias was on the roof. And I just wasn't expecting that either. I don't even know where that came from, but I thought I thought it was more going to be Dolph getting involved rather than uh, Elias. But it was all clever. It was all good. And what did you make of the way he actually won the briefcase? Then what what do you think about that? I don't know. I was just like, okay, he's the briefcase. He's caught the briefcase. Yeah. I, I like the bit where he said. This one's for yo, Mandy, or whatever. The line from Rocky. I thought that was nice. Yeah, that was a nice touch. But as soon as I was, because I laughed out loud at that moment, and then we had, and Otis has won money in the bank. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And I'm thinking, if we ever get a video package, right, of like, Otis cashing in his money in the bank, is it going to have Michael Cole going, congratulations to Otis on winning the 2020 money in the bank. It's not hard to act enthusiastic. Do you know what I mean? Even if he knew Otis was winning. Do you know what I mean? I can sit there and be like, and Otis has caught the briefcase. He's won the br- he's won the money in the back. It's not hard. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really not hard, especially for someone who's been commentating for 20 years. And I don't actually dislike Michael Cole as much no. as any, everyone else. And another thing I want to criticize. Wow. It Go does on. sound like I absolutely fucking hated this match, <laughs> by the way. But why is Oscar winning money in the bank? I know, like you said, you thought, right. Nia Jax, as we spoke last week, you've got an obvious feud with Becky Lynch there, right? Yeah. Right, Shayna, it kills Shayna not winning it. Oscar, we've just seen Oscar and Becky Lynch go at it from October to January. You're not going to have Oscar beat Becky Lynch clean, yeah, or whatever, yeah? I don't want to see Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Oscar, for me, is sort of, she doesn't really suit the heel thing. The thing that she's got now, right, if you put it in front of a crowd, the character she's playing would be getting cheered heavy in front of a crowd. So for me... She's almost a default babyface at the moment. So I don't want to see her up against Becky. I want to see her going against Nia, against Shayna. That's who I want Oscar to be facing. I don't want Oscar to be winning the money in the bank and going against Becky. I sort of want it to be Becky, Oscar and Kyrie on the babyface side on Raw against Nia, Shayna, whatever whatever other heel female they've got on Raw. But yeah, yeah so for me, I just feel like Oscar was just a bit of a... Hmm, I don't know. I it for me, as much as I dislike her, I'd have preferred Nia Jax to have won it. Just for like do you know what I mean? I feel like I'd be more the story of that. Th- there's no interest in a Becky Oscar story from my point of view anymore. It's been done to death. The whole Becky couldn't beat Oscar at the Royal Rumble eighteen months ago and then she got the win this year and then they did the rematch on Raw. Sin it. Don't care about it. Don't want to see it again. Let's move on to maybe Becky versus Nia, Becky versus Shayna. But yeah, and do you think Shayna, what, what do you think of Shayna? She done? Yeah, she's done. She's done. I've, I can't think of another wrestler that's come through from NXT that has been so neglected. And, and I, I say that in a strange kind of way. 
she dominated the Survivor match, Survivor Series match. She came and bit a chunk out of Becky Lynch. She dominated a section of the Royal Rumble. Um, and WrestleMania, she was let down. Uh, Elimination Chamber again, sorry. She dominated that. And then since then, it's kind of, they've just said, right, no, she's just another member of the roster now. And she should be tearing people to pieces. She didn't even make it to the roof. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, she wasn't my favourite wrestler. Um, you know, I appreciate skill and talent as I do with all of them, but she wasn't my favourite. I never thought once, oh, God, I hope, I hope, you know, in my heart, I hope Shayna wins. No, not at all, because I just don't like her. But the, the way she's built and for the talent she's got, she should be storming through everybody. She should have been, she's an MMA fighter. She should have been sprinting up those stairs, 10 flight of stairs. She could have, it should have been a sprint to the roof and she could have just battered anybody along the way. She didn't even get to the roof. Um, unless, I mean, the only way, the only thing I can see now is some sort of, um, Oscar cash in on Shayna versus Lynch. Say Shayna wins it and Oscar cashes in on Shayna to preserve Becky or something. That's the only way I can see Lynch still keeping in the main event, which is disappointing to be honest. She's we now got to expect matches against Nia Jax on WWE main event or whatever it's called nowadays. So yeah, yeah. disappointed. I think they've you know mishandled her. Um, choking out Rey Mysterio in a food fight is not enough to get. A, to keep her, to keep the heat, keep her over, and they've lost it now. I think. Yeah, they just lost it. She's been on the main roster for what since the Royal Rumble, so say what, just under three and a half months, right? This all started. You can go and listen to our Royal Rumble podcast, Tebs. I think your debut, right? And I'm pretty sure I would have been on there saying, "Look, why sh- she didn't? Charlotte didn't need to win that Royal Rumble match. Shayna came out, eliminated seven people or whatever." Yeah. But the only, Bianca Belair got more of the spotlight. That was the, the sort of, like, outline of that match. And then she, she eliminates... It's a debut match on the main roster. Shayna doesn't need to lose. She Basically, she showed that she was in her place. Charlotte Flair was ahead of her. Charlotte wins that, so Shayna loses that, right? And then they had the Elimination Chamber match, right? Which, yeah, she dominated, right? But she'd already lost the momentum that she should have gained in a debut. What You can't have them lose your debut and then try and repackage them, which they tried to do at Elimination Chamber. If you'd have just had Shayna win the Rumble, yeah, and then we don't yep. see her in any other matches and she goes into face Becky at Mania, I'd have been excited for that match. But going into Mania, nobody gave a shit about Becky versus Shayna. It didn't feel like a huge match, the huge no. dream match it potentially would have done. And for me, that also stems back to having Shayna in the match with Becky at Survivor Series. I'd already seen Becky and Shayna in the ring, so I didn't need to see it again at WrestleMania. And then, they didn't even have Shayna win that match at WrestleMania. She loses that match, and then the last saving grace she would have had was Money in the Bank. And she doesn't even feature at the conclusion. So yeah, I'm sure they'll try and repackage her, rebuild her up, but for me, this is just another Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, the list, I'm sure, is endless of people who dominated yeah. as champions on NXT. They've come up to the main roster. Vince gone. She's a bit of an ugly fucker. We're not pushing her. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry if you're listening, Shana. Danny thinks she, you're beautiful. She's, yeah, she's not, you know, she's not blonde. Um, she she don't look like this. She don't look like that. And, uh, it's disappointing. 
Um, or it's the reaction she's got because every Shayna match, and I said it before on this podcast, the matches in NXT against Kairi Shane especially, everything I read on them afterwards, people were saying they were technical and they were slow-paced and it took time for the crowd to build up over the match, but eventually they got there and appreciated what they were watching. But it was never this high-octane spot fest. You know, Shayna is this very, you know, technical uh, beat, grind, you know, ground and pound, beat and down wrestler. And I think when she's gone onto the main uh, stage, again, the reviews I read after the uh, the Survivor Series, and I thought that it wasn't the best match, but it, was, it wasn't anything less than I'd seen of Shayna in NXT. I think her style just doesn't suit Vince. Um, but there's no else to do with her now. They need... If, if they're going to keep Shayna in their spotlight, they need Rousey back and them two together. Um, that's the only way I can see her starting to get um, some more sort of recognition in that upper mid-card now because uh, it's just disappointing. That's yeah. that's the biggest disappointment I took from it of what they did or rather didn't do with Baszler. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I do did enjoy Shayna's matches maybe a little more than you did. Um, but I did enjoy the Kyrie matches, and um, who else did she face? Uh, I enjoyed like a, a series with Ember Moon. Thought it was all right. There was just yeah. a bit different. I liked it. It suited it on an NXT show because you'd have these stupid, crazy spot fest matches, and then you'd have the Shayna match where it'd be like slow, over in under ten minutes, maybe, and she'd just yeah. dominate. She got a lot of heat because she wasn't like any of the other wrestlers on the show. Um, was it? I don't know. Vince is just. She needs. She needed to be portrayed as a killer coming onto the main roster, and she, she. If she went one on one with Charlotte now, I'd fully expect Charlotte to win that match clean. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if that match would have took place three months ago, it'd be like, oh well. I feel like Shayna Baszler. I feel about Shayna Baszler now how I did after Charlotte had beat Oscar at Mania. Oscar, after she lost that match to Charlotte at Mania, went down the pecking order, and it took her a year or two to find herself, and it's only yep. just re-happening now. So, yeah. Anything else we need? <laughs> I actually I've shitted on this match for 33 minutes. I did enjoy it. I, I, I yeah. did enjoy it, but there's so many things I didn't like about the match, but at least you enjoyed yeah. it. I, I loved it. I was... Uh, Last last thought on the ladder match, Corbin and AJ at the top, I thought, I'm, I'm sat here with a mate who doesn't particularly enjoy wrestling, he's not into it at all, um, but it, you know, he sat with me and watched the, the ladder match and we both had a couple of drinks and all that, and uh, at first they were kind of saying, oh it's a bit daft this isn't it, what, would that ever happen, I said no it wouldn't happen, that's why, because it's wrestling, just watch it, and at the end we're both sat there and I'm like, Corbin's going to win. Corbin's going to win. I genuinely thought, and I'm smiling right now, I genuinely thought AJ was going to slip off the ladder and Corbin was, and we were going to have the all-time Twitter eruption of wrestling. Um, and when that briefcase fell, I had this brief moment of what's going on. And when he was stood underneath it, the timing was perfect. The two heels looked dicks. Otis won. Great stuff. That's it. That's all I've got. So Otis and Oscar, your winners of money in the bank. Right, so we'll start off now. We'll start at the start of the show. Pre-show yeah. match, Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Um, Jeff Hardy defeated Cesaro. Cesaro kicked out of a whisper in the wind, a twist of fate, and Jeff Hardy wins with a swanton bomb. 
I thought this was a really good match. One of the stronger pre-show matches in a while. Not sure why it took place, but hey, it was good while it lasted. Yeah, yeah, solid, great stuff. Should have been on the main card instead of another match that we're going to, well, possibly two other matches. Um, Jeff Hardy just looks, you know, it looks like he's slowed down a little bit, don't get me wrong, but he's still up there with one of the top performers of, and Cesaro is just an absolute horse. He's fantastic. So, yeah, can't say much more than that. Solid. Should They should be getting more recognition there. I thought Seamus were going to be, be in that match instead of Cesaro. Um, yeah, hopefully on to be- better things, but probably just the backlash pre-show for, for Cesaro, which is a shame. Do you not think it's a bit strange that they've like, Seamus and Cesaro were a tag team. Seamus gets injured, right, about a year ago. Seamus comes back onto the same brand as Cesaro, and there's no interaction between them. There's no explanation why they're not wrestling together as a team. And they've been on the same brand now for three months while Seamus has been back in action, and they've not crossed paths once. Nah, he's only been back a few weeks, hasn't he? But I think. Hey, he returned at the Royal Rumble. He had the pre show match against Chad Gable. Oh, Christ, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he's been God, back time, for months. Time's flown, isn't it? Oh, it's not. Christ, Tebs, don't say that. This has been the <laughs> longest year of my life. Um, it, yeah, it's odd. It's nothing new, is it? But, it, it, yeah, the, the pre-show was solid. I preferred the pre- I don't even know who, the pre- who was on that pre-show. Who was the, who was the guy on the uh, pre-show? You, you Scott Stafford and Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your man, Scott. Scott what? Stanford, is it? Yeah, he he always gives that air of it being, you know, an ESPN Fox pre. You know, this this is a pre-show, or the build-up to a sporting event, and he it kind of gives it that bit more authenticity than the guy that wears pineapple shorts or Corey Graves just absolutely gurning for it. So it was actually one of the more palatable pre-shows. But um, I thought I thought the Our Truth match was going to be on as well. I thought we'd miss that one. Yeah, we were talking, weren't we? Like, did we meet? I, I went to go and make my drinks at about ten to what ten to twelve our time, and I was like, "What? Did I miss it? Did I miss it?" But no, we had that one to look forward to on the main show. So the main show opens up with a very monotone Michael Cole introducing us to the PC and Money in the Bank 2020. Um, we open with a fatal four-way match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the New Day defend against Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, Miz and Morrison, and the Forgotten Sons. Um, the, the action was the action was great in this match. It was really fast-paced, a really fun opening match. I think it's one that had it been in front of a crowd, they actually would have actually got into this match. Um, so many spots. Um, so I tell you what, I know so many blind tags in this match. Yeah. It was like a blind tagathon. But um, you enjoy this one, Tebs? Yeah, I did. Yeah, great as the opener of the show. I think they knew what they were going to be getting with it. Um, the Forgotten Sons. I put on Twitter that I was hoping you know the Forgotten Sons would show a bit more, uh, maybe a bit more brutality, a bit more of that aggression that they had in uh, NXT. Um, I never, again, never really rated them in NXT. Couldn't just couldn't buy into them. Didn't even know which one was which up to a point. Um, but I liked what they did last night. I hope Riker isn't just going to be the guy that's sent to the back all the time as the interrupting manager. I hope he wrestles because he's actually uh, he's, he's quite handy in a ring. Um, Miz and Morrison were fairly subdued for me. That they, they did the usual moves uh, towards the end, and they had a, a sort of a, a near fall towards towards the end of the match. But them two didn't really pull as much out 
as I've seen from Morrison lately and Miz as well. So, um, Luchas were great. I, I, they're really underrated as wrestlers. You know, they're, they're never, I mean, they're always in these sort of main event matches, but they're never uh, pay-per-view matches, but they're never put in as, you know, everyone dismisses them because they're not going to win. They're just there to make up the numbers. But everything they do, I, I never see them miss a step. The moves are, you know, perfectly timed, athleticism. They're, they're really underrated for me as a tag team. I hope they get given a bit more chance to to, to do a bit more, hopefully, with, with this tag team revolution that's going to happen now. This is one that Money in the Bank briefcase. But yeah, a solid match. Great fun. Um, showed what they can all do. Um, yeah, can't even remember what I rated it, but good fun. Yeah, Grand Metal Inc. was actually like a top wrestler in Mexico before he came. I've seen some of his matches... Um, from there, and there was like he's really, really, really talented singles wrestler. I think he, I saw him in the Cruiserweight Classic as well. He had some um, good matches. One of the moments that stood out for me was Michael Cole literally goes, "There's no DQ in a fate," and then literally just as he was finishing his sentence, the referee tries to send yep. Riker to the back, and he, he's like, "There's no DQ in a fa- fatal four way." And then, then him and Corey, like, he can't be sending him to the back. There's no DQ in a fatal four-way. I was like, oh, Michael, the, the, the timing for you to say that could not have been worse. But, yeah, yeah. he's right, but still. Yeah, he's right. I mean, yeah, there's no DQs, but I, I like I like that every now and then, the referee being able to say, you know, being able to actually look and go, look, there's no disqualifications, but I'm not having it at three on two, so. Piss off. Yeah, um, so the match finishes with Big E pinning uh, Grand Metal League. And I, I will say one thing. I'd like, for the next pay-per-view, let's just have one tag team versus one tag team. I feel like I've been seeing these multi-man matches for the SmackDown tag team titles. We had a multi-man, obviously, in the Elimination Chamber. Um, we had, what, the triple threat singles match at WrestleMania. Triple threat single, triple threat match at, um, on SmackDown where Big E won the title. For the new day, or is it Kofi, whichever? Um, and then obviously the multi man tonight. Just give us two teams going against each other. Give us New Day versus uh, Miz and Morrison on the next pay per view, um, or something along those lines. Yeah, can't, yeah, can't disagree with you. I think, yeah. it, um, I mean, Usos are out for a while. You've still got heavy machinery, forgotten some. There's a lot of combinations where you can have one on one matches and actually start building some genuine title contenders rather than saying you're a tag team let's get you some tv time it yeah i'd like to see more of that but i think we both know what the answer will be uh we have lacy lacy evans backstage um she's doing well not backstage she's doing like a selfie on her phone saying that she's been preparing by looking at maps of uh titan towers for the last two weeks that was boring um drew mcintyre is interviewed by i believe charlie caruso um, she, she basically makes out that he's the underdog going into this. And I'm thinking, the underdog? He's been killing Seth Rollins for weeks now, so I didn't like that. And then we get R-Truth versus MVP. Um, R-Truth, I normally does my head in when all these WWE wrestlers pretend there's a crowd there, but it plays into R-Truth's gimmick, and it, I did find it pretty funny that he's doing the people over there, what's up, and um, like acknowledging that there's a crowd, when in fact there isn't. Lash, um, R-Truth and MVP start talking about balling. Lashley comes out and I'm thinking, this is like a segment that I'd fast forward on Raw. Why is it on the pay-per-view? Lashley squashes... Oh, MV, basically, Lashley says MVP can have the night off. R-Truth is upset that he doesn't get the night off and Lashley squashes um, R-Truth in, what, 20 or 30 seconds. This was boring, Tebs. Yeah. Yeah, until... Well, 
it wasn't until Lashley came out, which <laughs> I feel very bad for saying that for Lashley, but should have been on the pre-show. Um, it was a squash. Uh, I'd, it was to give Bobby Lash- get Bobby Lashley on the show, even though he didn't make it through to the Money in the Bank match. Um, I, I just didn't get it. He could have put it on the pre-show, and but then again, they needed to fill a, a two and a half hour pay-per-view. Well, Jeff Hardy Cesaro going on at that point would have made this a would have taken this pay-per-view up a, a notch for me. Yeah, definitely. What do you mean? You only fa- it was boring until Lashley came out. No, no, it was it was fun, and I liked the sort yeah. of switch of Lashley coming out, and then it was just a squash. Yeah. And we all love our truth. Why do we want to see him get tackled by some guy? And again, going back to something I put on Twitter, so do you, does everybody remember that time when we all thought Bobby Lashley was going to be a contender against Brock Lesnar? He was going to be the new super heavyweight to take on for the universal title. And now look at him. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's an unhappy husband <laughs> to, to Talana um, coming out and squashing our truth And Again, you've got all these talent. I mean, what doesn't what does Vince not like about Bobby Lashley? What what does he not like about him? I can take a guess, but I'm not going to say it on over the podcast. But um, anyway, he's probably you mean his microphone work? I know he's no good at promos. But no, I mean, I mean, I know, Vince I know, I know, big white guys. Yeah, I know, I know. Which again, I I don't get it. Um, but Bobby Lashley should be doing more. Yeah. Yeah, he should like me. He's not the toilet, but he's. Do you know what I mean? I want. I want to see Lashley against Brock. Yeah, he's solid. Bro, Bobby Lashley is a solid. He's not. He's not a technical wrestler, but then again, you know, he spears and he does his spine busters and all these different types of stuff. He's solid. He's just. He's a, a squad player. You know what I mean? But when you've got a squad player that looks like that, cut to fuck, six and a half foot tall, God knows how heavy he is. He just looks ripped and he just looks the part and he can move around the ring and he's got charisma. Uh, why are you not putting him up against Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre? Why have you not got him in that main event scene? And like you say, I hope the the reason for it is not what we've you've just mentioned, but we'll see. He might <laughs> we we know Vince. We know what Vince is like. But I, I thought the perfect time to do it. Do you remember when um, you had... I thought Lashley, with Leo Rush as his mouthpiece, was great. Because the one thing Lashley can't do, like you alluded to, is talk. So Leo Rush was great on the microphone for Lashley. And I yeah. thought I could just imagine like Leo Rush, Paul Heyman going back and forth on the mic. Um, you've got Lesnar and Lashley, the two big meatheads who can't talk, fighting against each other. I thought that would have been great, but no. If you'd have said to me when I was sat there, hungover, in New Orleans, when Lashley debuted, that two years after that moment... He still wouldn't have had his one-on-one match with Brock Lesnar. I wouldn't have believed you. But hey, next we have SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey versus Tamina. Tebs, I was uh, posting the uh, preview show on just, I, I like, do you know what I mean? Copy and paste the tweet, uh, yeah. the link underneath like stories on WWE, do you know what I mean? So maybe like some WWE fans will like stumble across the podcast. And uh, there was like, I think it was like, Tamina is on the bump. And I thought, I can't reply to this with our preview <laughs> podcast after we're basically saying Tamina's terrible. So yeah, I had to skip. Every time they mentioned they tagged Tamina in a post, I couldn't post the link to our show underneath it. I just thought, I'd feel terrible if she listened to what we had to say to her. But this match was it was shit 
but it was wasn't as shit as I was expecting it to be. I did really like Bailey's heel. Like at the start of the match, I thought Bailey would be like being cowardice around Tamina, but no, she walks up to her, slaps the big bitch around the face, stuff like that. I was I was enjoying that sort of stuff. Um, I thought Bailey. This was the. It wasn't her best match, but this is probably the no. most impressive as a heel I've seen Bailey during this run of doom she's been having with the belt. Yeah, I don't like the Bailey character, and again, people always say, "Is that because she's being worked? Is that because you don't like her as a heel?" I, I don't like the snivelling schoolyard bully type of heel. I like, you know, I like the dominant person who just doesn't give a shit and this, that, and the other, don't care how you feel. Bailey's feels like the school bully. And fair enough, that's what they're trying to get onto, but I just can't buy into it. I don't I preferred her as a face, to be honest. Should have kept her as a face and sent Sasha Banks full, full heel. Um this match was a match. <laughs> I'm trying to put it. Tamina is not the most agile of workers. Um she's not the fastest. And to have her in a match where Bailey worked on her legs to make her even less immobile, she might have been wrestling a bag of potatoes. And the ending, the finish of that match was fucking ridiculous. I just couldn't. Tamina is a potentially, I don't know, another woman. She is probably an intelligent person who understands the concept of what the wrestling match is, what stakes are involved. It's a championship match on a pay-per-view. She's just hit a super kick, Samoan drop on the champion in the middle of the ring. Sasha starts coming in, and then she's, she, she sort of wards her off. Sasha starts retreating from the ring, and instead of Tamina just pinning the champion to win the belt, she decides to run after Sasha Banks. Tamina tries to catch Sasha Banks. And then she ends up losing. And you just think, how fucking dumb do you have to be? Uh, it's just not plausible. You are a professional athlete with a title opportunity, whatever you want to call it. You've just hit both finishers on the champion in the middle of the ring. Their friend is backing away and you decide to chase after the friend. This, Yeah, fucking stupid. Yeah, they made they made Tamina look like an idiot, like the dumb yeah. baby face that we see far too often in WWE. But at the same time, for me, championship match, you're about to go for the pinfall. Someone enters the ring. It's a DQ. <laughs> really, it's DQ. But it, yeah, I did, like you said, didn't like the ending. Bailey gets the win with, I believe, a roll up. Finish WWE. I feel like every time we're reviewing these shows, tabs, I'm always saying to you, finish with a roll up. Match finish with a roll up. <laughs> it's like a common theme that seems to be going on. Um, but yeah, the, one thing. Do you know what? This match, I was going to give it like one and a half, 1.75 on Grapple App, where I rate the matches on. Pushed it up to a two because Sasha Banks in that red, oh, in that red dress. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I must it, say She that. said to me, look, I know you're a big football fan, right? Stop watching football. We'll get married tomorrow. I'd be like, look, it's been fun. It's been fun. I've enjoyed watching football for these 28 years of my life. But... I'm off to something new here because she looked absolutely incredible in that red dress. Oh, anyway, that's me. Yep, that's all I said. Yeah, yeah, beautiful woman. Um, class, and oh. she's amazing in the ring. Oh god, yeah. They just need to pull the trigger on that. You know, they just need. I keep saying it. Bailey and Sasha are going to be going up against each other at some point. Just, just get on with it. 
So that's two uh, matches in a row where we've spoke about someone should be pushed harder than they are, someone else who should be pushed harder than they are, and Vince McMahon, for whatever reason, decides not to push them. Anyway, um, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Thank God this wasn't in front of a crowd. The whole feud had been built around Braun Strowman being the black sheep in the Wyatt family for about six months back in 2016. I'm going to say 2016 because I remember when uh, my little girl was born watching Raw on my iPad while she was, well, while she was coming out. Um, And I remember looking and there's a picture of just after the little girl's been born and a picture of the Wyatt family with Braun Strowman there and his black sheep mask. So 2016. So I do like the fact they went back four years to like play off um, the stuff between Bray and Braun. It would have been better if you still had Luke Harper and Eric Rowan with a company. You could have like brought that into it. But it this match, as we spoke about in the preview, I think we both said, you definitely said that we would, would this feud would probably continue. It'd probably be like, a bit of a different fish. I think, did I say to you that maybe they can have Bray beat Braun? I mean, Braun beat Bray and then yeah. Braun comes back and faces the field. Yeah, we said, exactly we said and it's done. it's becoming a, a common theme now with the, along with the colour of Ric Flair's trunks. If Bray Wyatt comes out, then I think we know he's going to get beat. If The Fiend comes out, then he's more than likely going to win. Um, I, again, said it before, and I, I love the character, love the gimmick. I, I love The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I just don't love the matches. I, I just don't like them. I can't get into them. They did the absolute right thing of keeping it on the outside of the ring because Braun, you know, them two in the ring doing a wrestling masterclass just would not have worked. Uh, puppets showing up. It's all just relying on the gimmick rather than the wrestling skill, which is a disappointment. And if there had been a crowd... When the finish happened, I think it would have just been crickets. It would have been absolute silence. Um, you couldn't do this match in front of a crowd the way that they laid uh, it out, I don't think. Um, no. I thought the actual action was better than I thought. It wasn't great, but it, I don't know. I, I really don't hold these two in high esteem. I think they both need a decent, a very good worker in the ring with them to have anywhere near what resembles a good match. So to put the yeah. two against each other... Um, I do think they booked this right. Like, like you say, Braun couldn't lose. The, as much as I, I'm not a fan of Braun, you couldn't have him after he was just randomly inserted into that title match at Mania. Um, like we say, he's, he's lost money in the bank, briefcases without winning the title. You couldn't just have him win the belt at Mania and then bam, next pay-per-view, he loses to Bray. So no matter what happens, I'm assuming The Fiend takes the title off him at the next pay-per-view. At least you had Strowman beat Goldberg at Mania, beat Bray Wyatt in a singles match. So he's not complete. He's not going to be completely dead when, for me, he eventually loses the title to The Fiend, probably at the next pay-per-view in Backlash. Um, so yeah, I think it was the right decision in Braun winning, as much as I'm not a fan of him. Um, and the Fiend can win. The, but that's the only good thing you've got with this Bray Wyatt Fiend thing. If you need, I think they figured out if you need Bray to lose. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're looking back, really, they should have had Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt at, at Super Showdown yes. instead of Goldberg versus the Fiend. And they might have protected that Fiend thing. But the by fiend. the time we'd see Braun against the Fiend, we've not seen the Fiend in a match. 
since February. So it's sort of for, we've sort of forgotten about that whole Goldberg disaster at Super yeah. Showdown. There was uh, the little glitch at the end that showed the Fiend was coming through, and I really wouldn't mind the Fiend Bray Wyatt to go away now, lick his wounds, just go off television for a, a couple of weeks, have another feud for Braun Strowman, and then have the Fiend come back for revenge, you know, in that kind of... Because they showed, they showed his face at the end and the Fiend was sort of flicking over. Um, I like the storytelling. Like I said, I love the gimmick. I love the imagery of it. And if they can have him just now go away, sort of regroup, recamp, come back and take Strowman on again at SummerSlam or, you know, show up and cost him it. I don't know. Something along those lines, I think that'd be nice. If they just suddenly come out and have the... I mean, Backlash does not deserve a, a Universal Championship change of hands not at the minute anyway we've all we've both said all along keep the strap on Strowman until we've got a crowd and have that big coronation moment for you know your next champion moving forward yeah I think you're right you could probably like like you say if I'm thinking of who you could have a fill a feud with if, if you want Braun to go out there win have a good match I mean like we say use the empty arenas to your advantage you can do Braun Strowman versus Daniel Bryan, yeah? If you did that in front of a crowd, Strowman would get booed, Bryan would yep. get cheered, yeah? You can do this in the performance centre. Strowman can beat Bryan. Bryan will get a good match out of Braun. So you get a good match out of Braun. Braun retains the title and, in the process, doesn't get any backlash from the crowd during that match. So book Strowman versus Daniel Bryan next pay-per-view. Bryan at this stage can lose and it doesn't matter. They're clearly not going anywhere with him. Um, and then, like you say, wait for the Fiend to get his big win at, say, I don't think there'll be fans in the arena at SummerSlam, if I'm honest. No, but no I don't. I don't know. I can... Um, I, you're not going to like it, but I can see Corbin being the next contender. Yeah, do it. Do it. He's got, it's filler. It's, it's filler. It's a B-level show. We're, we're saying that about Corbin. It's obviously pushed. I think he's going to have a bee in his bonnet about him saying he was the one to unhook the briefcase, so he should deserve, he deserves an opportunity. It's bound to be that, and I think that's going to be the the build up for Strowman against Corbin at Backlash. I can I can see that one happening, and it keeps everyone else in a circle pattern. It, it's not what I want to say, but again, it saves that Strowman Daniel Bryan match because the next time Daniel Bryan fights that title, he's got to win it. It has to win it. Yeah, so. your your only problem that you've got is. The SmackDown ratings have been like record lows, aren't they? So, yeah. can you really, do you know what I mean? For five weeks, go with Strowman Corbin main event, and Fox aren't going to be happy if the ratings keep dropping. So, really, other than they just came into bed, you really could do with like a, do you know what I mean? Like a, maybe if you could just get in like a Goldberg for a re, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Someone, something, even Roman coming back, which I suppose isn't going to happen. You just need so you could do with something, but like you say, for me, I'm not asked about their ratings. Let's just get all these weird Vince McMahon obsessed matches that the crowds aren't gonna like out of the way with while it's in the performance center, so then we don't have to see him in front of live crowds. But I say one thing, you know, when the fiend flashed up at the end, they then went straight into the hacker promo, and I was yeah. sat there thinking, was that the fiend at the end of that match, or was it the hacker? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like they sort of transitioned not very smoothly into that. But anyway, let's talk about something. Oh, this is the last match we have to talk about. Let's talk about this match. Drew okay. McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. McIntyre retains the WWE Championship against Seth Rollins in a match that I said at the start of the show I thought was pretty fucking great. Yeah, 
so yeah great match and I, and I said it before so you've got a brand new champion great baby face Drew McIntyre and you've got um, the the roguish devilish heel who multi-time multi-level champion uh, in Seth Rollins it should have been a, a big contender match and it was absolutely delivered this it was, as, as the performance centre main event it was absolutely right if, Stro- if the Strowman Wyatt match had gone on before the Money in Bank I thought it had killed the momentum so absolutely bang on putting these two at the top of that performance centre card yeah, I, I just thought, like I said, I thought it was a brilliant match. Um, it just shows people who think that like maybe Drew isn't, do you know what I mean, he's not quite there in the ring. I say he showed during his NXT six-month title run, he could go out there and have really good matches. He had a great main event with uh, Andrade in NXT. Seth Rollins, as much as he fucking does my head in, he, he's a great worker. He is a great yeah, worker. He was he doing my, my treeing last summer after his comments with Osprey, and he went out there and put on that great main event with Brock at SummerSlam. Um, when, when he needs to, he can go out there and have a great match. His match with uh, Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. He's had two really, really good matches on pay-per-view um, in these empty arenas. So Seth Rollins and Drew, it was just a really, really, really good match. Um, I, I said on the preview podcast, I didn't want to see, and I still maintain this, I, I don't even know. Is it better to have Drew go out there and have a great back and forth match? So then, like, all the internet marks can, aren't going to be like, oh, you don't get good matches when you get Drew main event in pay per views. He just had one. Or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Which way do you play it? Say if he goes out there, beats Seth in six minutes, they're like, oh, look at this guy manufactured to the top from Vince. Um, for me, I did think Seth was a little too dominant. I think he had about 70-80% of the match. And for I didn't really want to see him get as much offense on Drew as he did. Seth was dominating and then Drew sort of just hit the Claymore out of nowhere. Um, I think it was a Glasgow kiss, super yep. kick. Claymore matches over. And I was thinking, well, Seth just dominated the previous 10 minutes. Um, what did you make of the uh, shaking hands at the end? I thought that was a bit strange. Yeah, I've, I'll be honest, I've got... I've got the pay-per-view on now as I'm talking to you and I've just seen the match again. Um, there was the moment that I, I forgot about. There was the moment where Seth was going to bring the chair in and then the referee said, don't do it. Don't bring the chair in. And he kind of goes, okay, I'm not going to do that. And then it was the show of respect at the end. Now, I don't know whether that was to get Drew over more as the champion who respects his opponent no matter who they are or if that was starting to show Seth in a more favourable light. Uh, you know, moving more face because he's shaking hands and not using the chair and things like that. Um, I, I'm still a bit confused by it, to be honest. Uh, I, 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 I think it's done more for Drew in terms of showing his character, uh, but I also think it might slightly damage Rollins if he's still going to be the the heel. But maybe they're building, the, maybe they want these two to be a rivalry for the ages and you know, show each other respect, but this is going to be a series of matches that are going to get better, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, what, what, I'm trying to think. What you, Really, I still think that with Drew, it is, he's not like, he's not like an internet darling sort of wrestler, is he? He's one of them that no matter what, people are always going to say, oh, he's only where he is because of what his body looks like because he's a six foot six, Yeah. So I yeah. think Drew is always going to have to prove himself as a good in-ring worker. Like, if you go back to his title run in NXT, a lot of his main event matches, his opponent, his heel opponent, would get cheered over him, and Drew was a babyface in NXT. Right. 
I specifically remember that Andrade match I alluded to. The crowd were in favour of Andrade. And I was thinking, oh, that's a bit harsh because Drew's put on some really good matches. So I feel like if, you, if you're going to have a Drew against an AJ, you're always going to have that split where the crowd know that AJ is probably he's more of an internet fan. Do you know what I mean? Well, and it, people on the internet, whatever, people who are like into like great wrestling will probably prefer AJ. Yeah, and I always thought it was a risk of Drew getting booed. I think some of the build-up where it was a bit hokey, you know, like the three-two-one stuff leading into yeah. his match with Brock. I'm always scared of how they book a baby face in front of a live crowd. So I think it might be the best route, even though it's completely opposite to what I said last week. So have him go out there. He had a great match with Seth tonight. Maybe net at Backlash, have him go out there, have a great match with AJ. Yeah, like we said, yep. use the performance center set into your advantage because nobody's going to be cheering AJ because there's no one in the crowd. So have Drew go out there, have a great match with AJ. And then maybe have Seth challenge him for the pay-per-view after. So then you could, by the time we get back into arenas, you could have had Drew having great matches with Seth, great matches with AJ, and none of the crowd will have a problem with him still being the champion. And he'll have the momentum of those two great matches going into his eventual rematch with Brock, where nobody will want Brock to win the belt. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's good for me. That's a, that's a, that's nice. That you 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 build him up, you build Drew up, you show that he can go in the ring. Um, you give him some top matches against top stars. Give them, give him the rub from them, um, and then by the time you get in front of Brock, everybody knows that we've got a babyface champion who is a fighting champion who doesn't win by roll-ups, who doesn't win sneakily, who doesn't get lucky. He, he fights and he wins because he's that damn good. Um, and then to have him go up against Brock in that rematch, that for me needs to... I hope they can just put a pin in that until um, the crowds are back uh, and have that as the first you know, pay-per-view back with the crowds whenever it is. I'd happily leave the title on Drew. If he keeps performing like he is, grand. Keep, keep it going. I just yeah. think they're going to start running out of matches soon because the the talent pool that they've got available at the minute is very small compared to what the main roster's like. And I just hope they don't burn through all these rivalries over the next couple of months and then we get to Survivor Series and we're still seeing the same five people against the same five people because everyone else is still isolating or whatever. So, um, it's always a draft. The draft will be due in September, the start of October, won't they? Um but yeah, so I suppose you got. I wouldn't mind seeing Drew against uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, but yeah. yeah, Drew against Alistair Black. There's still always that option. But yeah, so Alistair Black's dead. He got thrown off a roof. I'm sure he'll come back to that. Drew <laughs> against Ray. I'm sure that'd be all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was the pay per view. Um, I, th- I thought overall, you probably I give it a thumbs up. Although I've complained quite a lot. It, it, I enjoyed it. It was two and a half. What? Two hours, 20 minutes. One of the shortest pay-per-views since, what, December to Dismember back in 2006, maybe? I don't know. Um, But, yeah, so overall, I enjoyed it. Maybe not as much as you did, but, yeah. No, I had great great fun. Um, The the main event match was better than I expected, Um, maybe because I knew what to expect now from what they're doing. Um, Solid matches throughout. Yeah, like I said, a couple of missteps. Other than that, great fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And... The theme song is not money, 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 as we said on the last. <laughs> I still can't believe that. But anyway, they so it, they were playing it during the pre-show. I'm almost sure they were. Ah, oh, see, I thought they were playing something else. I, I messaged, I messaged you with the, I messaged you with money, 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 money. I messaged that halfway through because I heard them. I heard the song being used, but maybe it was just my vodka haze. 
Uh, possibly so anything you want to plug Tebs do you want to plug your uh, movie podcast that I'll be appearing on later this week yeah you'll be joining us um, the movie pod movie chef uh, come and find us on Twitter we've done a couple of episodes you'll be joining us one and it's just uh, talking shit about movies instead of wrestling yeah so make sure you follow Tebs for that subscribe to his channel on Anchor is it Anchor Spotify yeah we're on Anchor and Spotify at the minute yep yeah, I've retweeted a few of his um, episodes on our Twitter at Neutral Res. So, yeah, that's your Money in the Bank 2020 review. Thanks for joining us. Um, follow us on YouTube. So, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like this podcast, um, like the show, as obviously the more thumbs up, the more likely we are to rise the charts on YouTube. Um, support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Neutral Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Neutral Res. I will be back later on in the week for the WWE versus AEW podcast for week 32. And I don't know, Tebs, what I'll give you a shout. Maybe do a show next week. I'm sure there'll be some scandal in the wrestling world. Vince McMahon will be up to his old tricks. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us, Tebs. And I will speak to you for the Movie Chef podcast on Wednesday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for having me, Dan.